Hi, welcome to BizQuick. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And on today's episode, we have Shay and Carrie Butler. They are the owners of Shay Butler Knives and Single Acre Hat Company. And we are so excited to talk to them about everything that's happening with their business. Welcome, guys. That's right. You're listening to BizQuick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. BizQuick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. What's up, Julie? What's up, Corey? Hey, what's going on, y'all? Not much. Last day of the year, 2020. It is. And what are y'all doing to uh, celebrate? We are working on knives and hats. (laughs) (laughs) No rest, right? (laughs) Yep. Fantastic. So I know probably a good portion of our listeners are familiar with at least one of your businesses. But I, I am so in love with the origin story of Shea Butler Knives. I'm just wondering, Shay, if you'll take a couple of minutes to tell our listeners how you started this company. Sure, Julie. Um, I really don't know how this started. I, uh, I have a really dear friend in Montana. We went out on a, on a hunt, and I'm usually tagging around with my uncle, who's about 100 yards away from us now. He, uh, he lives right down the road, but... He, uh, he's notoriously known for shooting deer and not always, let's say, getting them the first time, so to speak. And so uh, we went chasing after a deer and I didn't have, I just, I jumped out of the truck, didn't have my pack. All I had was a rangefinder because I was going to try to get to help him get this deer put down. And so very, very long story short, um, we get down to the bottom of this mountain and snow was up to our waist. We went 1.4 miles down a mountain. And I turned to him because I was only in a sweatshirt and said, I need your knife. We got a quarter of this deer out. We got to get out of here because my I'm, I'm freezing. And he looked at me and said, I don't have a knife. And so that was the first problem. The second problem is my good buddy who was up in the truck, he had just fallen off a roof. He was in a, in a, in a cast. So I had to radio up to him to come bring a knife down. Well, turns out he wasn't real happy about that um, and said some few choice words, but uh, he did get he did get the uh, get the knife down to us, and when I got back to the truck, it was it was a scary moment simply because uh, my sweatshirt had frozen, and I had caught uh, a little bit of hypothermia, and so literally uh, I spent about and and then the truck wouldn't start, so we had a truck that wouldn't start to get the heat on, and they're literally undressing me because I couldn't feel anything. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how it all started. So I decided that on the way home, I was never not going to have a knife. So I stopped at Cabela's and Shields and I just couldn't bring myself to, to buy a $200 knife. So when I got home, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to learn how to make one of these things. And so that's kind of where it started. Uh, the first knife, I used a bastard hand file and I hand filed it for about 22 hours. And that was uh, interesting. And uh <laughs> After I did the first one, I decided that uh, 
probably wasn't that efficient. So I just decided instead of buying the $200 knife, I would buy a $4,000 grinder and made my first knife out of a coffee can uh, forge that I had built. And I posted a picture of it and I was like, Hey, check this out. I think that was on Facebook back then. Yeah, I think so. And uh, someone said, Hey, can I buy that? And I was like, uh, I guess. And they're like, well, how, <laughs> much do you, how much do you want for it? And I was like, I don't know, $40. And so that's where it all started. And so I decided, well, I sold that one. I guess I got to make myself another one. Well, I took a picture of it and lo and behold, someone else asked me and fast forward the tape four years. I went four years of doing this, making myself a knife and each time it sold. So I was knifeless until July of 2020. So that's kind of how it all started. July of 2020? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so we made somewhere, I think around 600 knives before I actually kept one. So, yeah. And now you, but you did keep like some, you held some back, right? Like I know because I have, I have a ranger right? Yes. It's a ranger. And it is like, you number all of your knives and mine is zero, zero five. Yeah. And so that's something I started doing, um, later, or I think this year, I thought it would be good to kind of, and I wish I would have started doing this, but I did that also just from a warranty perspective, you get a, a certificate with your name on it, with the number. And it's just, we did that with all, we started that honestly with the rhinos, and then we started doing it with Rangers. Um, and so moving forward, we just number them all. So I have a record of who's got what, and it's just kind of good to know. But yeah, I, we were trying to think back just to this year about how many knives we did. And we're well over, I think, 200 this year uh, that we, we put together and sold. But never in my wildest dreams would I have ever have thought this would turn into a business. And never in my wildest dreams would I know that you know or, or have a knife that would sell for 850 dollars when i started maybe getting 40 dollars for the first one yeah that's uh an insane markup um <laughs> from your original original asking price for sure um but how did you get into the uh the hat company single acre hat company i really don't know carrie <laughs> well I'll, I'll tell the short short version of that story when the knife business was starting to grow and we realized, wow, we've kind of got something here. And Shay was looking for ways um, to kind of up his game with the knives and whether it was different handle materials or a different style, or he always had a dream of making folders. Um, we had started, we needed to have some sort of sheath to go with the knife. The next logical step was for us to make leather sheaths. We outsourced maybe like the first two to a local company and they were- They both came back. So poorly made. They were like, we cannot, this is not- Represent our, brand. represent our brand this the knife is so much better than the sheath that's going in so shay was like you know what i'm gonna learn to make them and so let me tell stuff. you that's very shay butler yep <laughs> watch some youtube videos call some people get some uh experts advice and just figure it out and that's basically how um at the time we had started a, a leather business as well called butler leather goods so once we had made the leather sheaths and had that down we had all this equipment and we'd invested in hides and sewing machines and leather tools. And I was like, you know what? Like maybe we could make more than 
just sheets with this leather. How about like a nice purse for me? <laughs> and so then it, it kind of turned in for a while, about two years, we had um, the two businesses, Shea Butler Knives and Butler Leather Goods. We one day thought of putting a leather patch on a hat and we're like, wait, this is something that we could do with our own brand and, and whatever. And um, that again was not an intentional business. It just kind of started. People saw that we were doing these hats and um, we just ran with it. We just, you know, had to, at some point realize there's only two of us. We had to follow what made the most sense business-wise. What were we going to stick to? We can, you know, you can do a thousand different things, but if you want to actually be profitable, um, where are we going to focus our business? So we decided to keep Shea Butler Knives. This year, we renamed our leather goods business into Single Acre Hat Company. We solely do hats. We basically dropped the rest of the leather goods. Uh, it's a much more profitable business and one that has um, really taken off, especially in weird times like this year. You do a lot of givebacks, right? So you're working with local bars and restaurants and local businesses, and you're donating back to those businesses, but you're also delivering at the same time, high quality products. Yeah. And we try to do, you know, unique, so like, you know, you can only get so unique sewing a, a leather patch on a hat, but we've expanded into doing beanies and we have, you know, different colors of leather. We try to make everyone's um, specific to their brand. And, and, you know, we think companies, are trusting us to brand their product, something they're going to resell. I mean, that's a big, that's a big job. And so um, hopefully we always are rising to the occasion. Um, but we did during when COVID hit, we started um, an initiative called Project Drink Local. And with that, you could, any patron anywhere across the country could buy a hat from us that said drink local and it had a customizable patch. So you pick your hometown or the town of your favorite brewery or bar we put it on the hat and then with their purchase, we turn around and donated $8, basically our profit to um, the bar or brewery of their choice. So it was like a tip, a virtual tip for the beer tenders, the bartenders that were um, losing out on, on having, you know, actual customers in their establishments, giving them tips. So it was just kind of our small way of trying to give back, do something good, and um, breweries and, and bars have been one of our biggest supporters and they typically you know, buy hats from us wholesale. So it was just a little uh, pay it forward thing. And, it, and it, it's taken off. It's, we've probably set hats, I don't know, probably 30 of 50 states. I mean, a lot are local because people know us that know it locally, but um, yeah, it's been a fun initiative and project to be part of. So you answer my question, because I was going to say, could we do like Strange Ways Brewery as a big brewery yeah. here? Yeah. And so you can do it local to Richmond. That's that's amazing. Um, you guys just recently signed a huge, I don't, well, I don't know. I don't want to say if you've signed a huge contract, but you are doing work for a really big company, right? You are making hats for Nine Line. We, yeah, we did have, um, we started that, what is that, earlier this year? Yeah, June or July. June and July, just a small like kind of test run. And we've had a couple of things in the works and, you know, fingers crossed it takes off like anything. Um, it's different working with a really big organization, national brand than it is with your mom and pop brewery. Um, but you know, we have, we'll kind of see where that leads. I don't, uh, I don't know where it's going to go, but we have high hopes that it's going to take off. It's yeah. cool. It's cool seeing our stuff on their website, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of surreal. Yeah. And you know, I think what's important about our business is, you know, how do I say this? We don't want to get too big for our britches. We want to be able to support 
you know, the Instagram page that has a hundred followers that want six, six hats. And we want to be able to, cause that's really where we started. Guys were, you know, calling us and saying, Hey, can I get 12 hats? And even though we've had exponential growth, we don't want to get rid of that. We still like doing that. And, you know, Absolutely. You know, we want to get a lot of creative freedom with that because a lot of them don't have an idea of exactly what they want. They just know they want something with their brand on it. So that's cool. Whereas with some of these bigger brands, you're, you end up being more of an order taker and that kind of sucks some of the fun out of it, you know? Yeah. I want to talk about that a little bit more just because I, I, you know, I know that this is a a part-time job essentially for you. How do you see that as scalable, like being able to produce six hats, you know, um, a dozen hats, like still work with the small guys and still make this, um, you know, profitable. And, and I mean, like, it's great that like, I, I love that you were given, you know, all of your profit from the hats to the bars and, and all of that. And it's great to do, but, you know, as a business, like for somebody who's might be in your position where they're trying to take, you know, what, what's their passion and turn it into, um, you know, something that's actually making money for them. I mean, like, how, how do you envision yourself growing that way? I would say, well, kind of two, two things to touch on there. First, with the Drink Local initiative, we're obviously covering our own costs. We're not losing on those, but we do take what would be profit and give it back. What's the neat thing that's happened with that is um, we've grown in followers. We've grown, um, we actually have like the website, Project Drink Local, the Instagram account, uh, account Project Drink Local. We're not actively promoting those because there's only two of us to run them right now, but it's something that we just uh, proactively bought in the beginning as we're like, we're just going to grab this website. Uh, we're going to grab this Instagram just in case this does turn into something. Um, Cause it's kind of one of those things when people hear about it, like, Oh, it's a really cool idea. I know someone who owns a bar and then let me do this. Or I want to buy one for Christmas. And that has just been a very slow growth, but we're definitely seeing growth from that. And sometimes those organizations that are recipients of those um, tips turn around and purchase ads from us. So it's kind of a win-win in that situation, um, a different way of marketing, getting our name out there. And then with being able to just do small orders, it takes us no more time to do a small order than it does a big order. It takes the same amount of time to sew a hat and buy a hat um, as it does for, you know, if we're doing six or whatever, the only difference comes into the design portion. And <laughs> Typically, you'd be surprised that, you know, everyone gets their logo from a graphic designer and you get it and it's garbage. But um, <laughs> there's work no matter what you're doing. But Shay actually handles all that, uh, the graphic design portion, and he's gotten quick and good at it. So we've kind of got it down to a science. So for us, it's no more maybe sure maybe we lose out a little bit on profitability for these small businesses but they are the ones who then tell their friend who owns a small business tells their friend who owns a small business and it is this word of mouth we did not market that we did this for the first probably year and a half we did it we didn't start marketing it until when did we launch that this fall october i think october is when we first named our business started an instagram started actually marketing and promoting it um but we never even it was just all word of mouth or repeat business we didn't even market ourselves we didn't even have a name you know we just kind of did it the knife guy did hats um so somehow it somehow it's worked itself out yeah and that's i mean <laughs> I have that's, all the answers. I don't know. That, that's a i mean uh, 
you know, great point that you made. Like I've worked with a ton of small businesses in, in my, my life and, and people always look at the, like, Oh, I need to make a dollar. I need to make my profit. I need, like, like they don't look at the big picture. And I love how you're, you're looking at as this is a big picture, like you're, you're marketing, you're building a brand. You're not, you're not just, um, you know, trying to make a couple bucks here and there. Like it, it's a, it's a long-term picture. That's, that's a great, great way to, uh, to build a, a brand. I think the other piece of that too is, as you mentioned, Shay does have a corporate job. And so this is something, now things might you know change if we ever try to do this all full time, but we have taken this as let's build a business with a really solid foundation and make sure we're doing things we're proud of doing um, and not just in it for a quick buck because we want this to be lasting um, and something that, you know, I mean, there's a lot of sacrifices with a small business. So we hope what we're sacrificing our time to lay a strong foundation for this business. And um, I don't know, I hope it just, it all, it all has to just come together at some point. I absolutely love the, the concept of how you're approaching working with people, right? It's that, let me make sure that we're adding value or that we're delivering on what we're promising. And then we'll worry about all of these other things, right? So you've got that foundation first, which um, I want to, I want to talk about core values for business when we come back, but we're going to take a quick commercial break. Hey, this is Shea Butler with Shea Butler Knives. Uh, head over to SheaButlerKnives.com and check out our new Rhino and Pursuit folders. And if you use the code SBPACE10, you can get 10% off your choice of Rhino, Ranger, Wilderness, or New Pursuit. Go get them, SheaButlerKnives.com. We left off talking about, you know, the way that you you view making sure that you're adding value to um, your customers. And honestly, I think one of the things that is um, so unique about what you guys do is that, um, and, and it, there's a little bit of this that tears at my heart when I say this, because I know it to be true, just simply from stories from Shay, is that it feels it feels so personal and like such a, like such a friendship. And like, there's this relationship there. Right. And I realized that like everybody who works with Shay and Carrie Butler gets that same experience, right? Everybody does. So everybody feels like they're in your circle of trust and they're in your circle and that you're, they are your friends and that you are, you're working with them. And that is such a unique and amazing way to position your business. It's amazing. But I want to ask, not, not a but, I want to ask you about the core values of Shea Butler Knives and Single Acre Hat Company. Do you guys, do you have established core values for the business? <laughs> I'll say not, not written down. Um, but there are things that we try to use in our branding and marketing that we feel defines our business, whether it's authentic, genuine, handmade, yeah. USA. I mean, there's things that, you know, everything made in the United States, there's things we stand behind and things that are very important to our business, yeah. but whether we have them defined in a, a document, that'd be, that'd be a no, but yeah. um, there's other things we stand behind and things that we hope um, 
Shay is, you might know, and he can speak more to this, but he is a perfectionist. So if you receive one of his knives, trust me, there's been, he has asked me and he's asked a few of our friends 18 different times. All right, do you see anything wrong with this? Can you open it? Can you do this? How does this look? I mean, before any single knife goes out. So I know the quality and the standards are never going to be compromised. That's just not something, you know, that that's not the way we're going to run our business. Again, nothing for a, a quick buck. This isn't a $20 knife you buy at Walmart. This is a special heirloom piece. And that's what we want it to feel like when people receive them. Yeah, it's absolutely an heirloom piece. And there is no, you, you can't mistake the quality that goes into it. You can't. Like, I was unprepared for the knife when I, so I got one for my birthday and I was unprepared for the quality, unprepared. And you can't describe it to people. You're like, you need to see this knife. Right. And I tell everybody go buy a knife. Um, but it's, it, it, it's, you can't miss it. You really, really can't. I also will say that, um, you may not have the core values written down, but they're absolutely there in, in what you do. It's, it's how you live and breathe every day in terms of what you're delivering for the business. Right. And you don't, you, you can recite them cause you, you did carry, you just, you listed them off. And honestly, my favorite one was the, the American one. They, they, you know, love America, USA. Like that's you know, 4th of July, my favorite holiday. Love it. So I'm, I'm all in on that. You had me at that, but, um, that spe- being able to speak to core values as a small business owner, a lot of people think that they are not, um, they're not as important when you are just one or two or three people, right. That you don't really need them. It's for these bigger companies. And the reality is, it's kind of the foundation of everything that you do. So, you know, I was just telling somebody earlier today. Um, so we have for SB Pace, we have three core values, three. And um, I know our podcast is biz quick, but our, you know, our company, our business is SB Pace and we have three core values. And the one that speaks the loudest to me, that is the most meaningful and that is the easiest for me to recall is the one that says we don't sell services that clients don't need, right? So we both have spent a ton of time in corporate America and watching and, and as consultants and watching these, you know, you know, big four consulting firms selling to people things that they really don't need just for the sake of selling. And when you're the person delivering on those things, you feel like you're adding zero value and it's really, really frustrating and that was ultimately, I think that was probably the impetus for both of us to leave corporate America was we were tired of working on things that didn't deliver value. And so now we have zero, zero desire to not add value to people. And like, if, if it's not going to help you, we're not interested in selling it to you. And you guys are very similar in that you're like, if it's not high quality, we're not selling it to you. We're not interested in that. And I'm going to piggyback on that just because I now have two of your knives, which are both excellent. Um, and talking about value, I mean, there is, they are worth every, every dollar. And I mean, and along with the, you know, what the physical knife, just the, the, the whole experience, um, you know, and, and like, for instance, on uh, your website, there's the, 
do not contact me about <laughs> you know your order thing which is a, an interesting experience but it, it it's great and like I, I know that that is was probably put there because of um how quickly you grew and and you know that you've got so many things on your plate um can you talk about uh, just just how quickly you've grown and, and how you've dealt with that yeah, I mean, it's it's been interesting because uh, in my professional job, I was doing a lot of traveling. So with COVID coming into play, it's 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 kind of kept me home, which is given me additional shop time at night. And that's where this whole thing has really got interesting because, you know, being on the road, there's really not many. I can't really make too many knives from a hotel. And so that's where I think this, this has really taken off with COVID. Most people in small businesses have really suffered. But for us, I've been able to spend and dedicate a little bit more time to, to making knives and to, to working on hats. Um, so, you know, it's just I, I never really thought, you know, that when we, let's say, released a full, we, we did the folder. And we were in Colorado. And for whatever reason, I couldn't sleep. And... I was up at uh, four or five in the morning. I was going to go for a run. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put my first 25 out there and um, I'm going to release it. What was it? It wasn't Father's. When was that? No. It, was, it was June. Yeah, it was right well, before Father's Day. Yeah. So, on Father's Day. yeah. Long story short, um, you know, I, I put them out there and I sold out in like an hour. And I, I had no idea. I thought maybe I would sell one or two. <laughs> And, and it's just kind of been like that. And, um, you know, going back to the quality piece, like, look, I'm just a guy that, that grinds on metal and, you know, whatever. But um, what's interesting is that I think I have probably a 99% reorder rate. And so if, if that's where I get it, it's not about me trying to pump out as many knives as possible. I want to kind of go through them and make sure that they're right, make sure that I like them. I usually have two or three buddies overlook them, carry, you know, opens them. And because um, I know that if they turn out and, and they, the customer loves them, they're going to tell three of their friends and they're probably going to reorder um, another knife. And so that, you know, you said something, Julie, before we started this about our Instagram. I mean, really, we've got a very, I would say, small following um, that really has not grown just due to the, the nature of what we're doing. And so uh, not to poke, uh, poke at uh, the big Facebook or but they really uh, they, they don't really serve up our content. Oh. And so um, really we're seen our, as like a weapons manufacturer, just yeah. full circle. So we can't. Uh, we get kind of like blacklisted from a lot of, there's a lot of things that are seen negatively um, from a social media perspective for a lot of our content. So the only way for us to grow is to make really cool, try to make really cool stuff and make, you know, make it an experience. Um, for me, it's all about authenticity and being genuine with people. <laughs> and uh, we have found that, uh, you know, people can act certain ways on social media, but what you see is what you get with me. Um, and it's, so it's interesting. Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting ride in more than one ways. I mean, there's been a lot of unauthentic people that we've come across. We've met some really awesome people, but it's social media is the game changer in there. And I think the thing that Shay should have mentioned is last year, if we took our sales from last year to this year. 
Um, we didn't, yes, he released some new knives, but we don't feel like we changed our business plan or us or, you know, yes, we sacrificed a lot of time. That's our biggest sacrifice. Um, but we had ended up, we tripled our sales from last year. So that was a really positive. And like I said, in a pandemic, when these are not things people like have to have, they're, they're nice to have, not need to have. So it made us, it, that was kind of what we needed to know to make us feel like we were, we were doing something right. I can't put my finger on what exactly it is, but we were doing something right. If our sales were still continuing to grow when a lot of people had to really tighten down their budgets and other small businesses around us were failing. I mean, it's a really odd feeling, but um, it's, it's also one we're really thankful for that somehow this worked out. Yeah. I, I, so I want to acknowledge the comment of, you know, you guys are growing and you've tripled your business while there's a lot of small businesses that are failing. We've talked to a number of small business owners this year who have had their best years ever. And they have this guilt for that because they recognize how many people are not doing that. Um, And I think for, for us, we look at it as any small business that is thriving. Like that's, we love to hear that. And it's amazing. And, but we get the guilt that goes with it because it's hard to know that there are people that are really failing out there. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the, I'm I'm just going to call it what it is, which is essentially being shadow banned on, on Instagram. Right. Um, And the, the impact that that had on, on your business. That was, you well yeah i mean it's it's uh i'll just say this is we just you know we haven't had a lot of social media traction um which is fine we haven't gotten to a spot where um we've got an inventory of knives so we we continue to sell and and once again i think it goes back to the quality and making sure that when something goes out the door that it's right and some really loyal following yeah i would say we have a very very loyal following like they're actual we're not company is going to go out and make ourselves look bigger than we are by buying a bunch of followers or all these skeezy things people can do. Um, follow us because you want to see what we're doing or like, don't follow us. You know, yeah. it's just, um, we are who we are. We post our business. We rarely post like personal stuff on there, but it's just, um, interesting. Shay started to notice when was it? This summer? It was probably this summer. Yeah. Cause we were, you know, we were anywhere. Like, I am it's... not getting any engagement things. I used to have thousands of views on. I'm having like 200 views. Um, so it took us a while to rebuild. I don't know the secrets to getting back in yeah. Instagram's good graces. Um, but there are definitely things, you know, and now that, you know, Facebook and Instagram are really one and the same, it's kind of a messy division there of, of who allows what, but they just categorize us as weapons manufacturer, any hat we have that references alcohol, they'll, we can't post, we can't, you know, yeah, drink link. local. We, we can't even post can't a drink that. local hat yeah. to like purchase from our Facebook page or our Instagram page. So it's really tricky. Um, so not even going to get into politics because you can't you can't have anything Republican, Democratic. Like you cannot like I'm I am who I am, but we we don't even go there just simply because we have such an issue with the when uh, with the weapons manufacturing, which it's a knife. I consider it a tool, so they just don't. <laughs> and I I would 100% agree with you on that that it's a tool, not you're not 
you're not dealing in arms over there and you know, right. Jay Butler. Um, oh, yeah. so, <laughs> you, you brought up a, um, a right there, Carrie, you were talking about how you don't post a lot of personal stuff on your Instagram and all that, um, which is kind of interesting, you know, considering that you're a husband and wife team and, and you know, Shay's name is the company's name. So it, it's kind of personal in that, in that respect. Can you talk about what it's like, you know, working as a husband? <laughs> well, we post our, our true uh, business life. You know, we don't post our kids typically or things like that. Um, I keep that to my personal page and I got to actually know you to let you follow that. Um, there's just a lot of weirdos out there. You know, we've, we've come across a few of our, you know, and I, I'm just, uh, I get, nervous about that kind of thing. So we try to keep, um, yep, there's business stuff. We, our business is in our home. There might be a, a picture here or there or whatever. We do have our photo shoots in our yard. We, it's not that like secretive. However, I'm not going to blow up my kids on, on our business account and stuff. Um, I think people know we have family. I think they figured out we're married and that this is our life. And, and basically how we spend most of our time, you know, the time that he's not working his corporate job, this is what we're doing unless we're at a t-ball game or a softball game. And even that we're probably still working while we're there. So, um, we try to keep, you know, yeah, we want people to know who we are too. And, and I think actually Julie was one of the first people who said, well, you guys are the brand and no one had ever, I, that had never occurred to us. I mean, quite honestly, it never had. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I guess we are. So, um, you know, people like to see a little bit of a glimpse into like daily life, not just like knife, 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 <laughs> you know, here's our shop we're building. Here's some of our equipment. Here's things we do. Here's us making things. Um, but yeah, we try to keep the very personal stuff to a minimum. I, I think the, the, the personal stuff and not like the very personal stuff, cause I am 100% on board with like not putting the kids pictures out there. And, you know, you have that on your personal page and, but the, like getting to know you guys, like Shay frequently has the, where he's shooting the arrows into the, the fake deer. I don't know how else to explain it. Right. <laughs> right. And <laughs> yeah. And, but you're, and you do these, these like really cool, like you kind of almost show like behind the scenes on photo shoots on some of the stuff that you do. And those are the things that make people feel like, like they know you and they want to do business with you. Right. So I don't, I, honestly, there are so many things that you guys are doing right that are driving business to you. And you're both like, you're just so damn likable. And people just want, they want to do business with you. They like, they like the experience that you give on Instagram. And I don't even, I'll be honest. Like, I don't, I don't even know if, what you have on Facebook, but on Instagram, like it's probably one of my favorite, my two favorite pages to follow or your two businesses, because there's always new content. It's super engaging and it is it's real. Like there's nothing posed about it. And I think I probably, I know that because, you know, I've, I have conversations with, with the both of you. So I know like what you're posting is your real life. And it's, it's yeah. not this fake crap that you see from so many people. We yeah. don't, we don't worry about the angles of the photo and this and that. When we're, you know, we're like, Oh, we actually found a picture of me and you together. We should maybe put that. 
but I think it's something you have to be intentional about. Um, Shay is really, really good at it. He takes so many process pictures and videos and he's a really, really good photographer. Me, I'm one of those who I take a hundred pictures hoping one turns out that I can use. <laughs> so, and I have to be way more thoughtful about posting on social media. I get to the point where I'm like kind of over it and you know, I need a break and to come up with new stuff every day gets is challenging for me where Shay is just, he's naturally just super good about taking content through the day and, and process photos and things that right. Keep people engaged and, you know, show their knives along the way. And that's yeah. what we say with, um, check well, Instagram for how your knife is coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, and hopefully that comes through. So uh, the biggest thing for us is just, once again, it comes back to being genuine. Um, majority of the knives that I make are like, my passion is hunting period. Like, mm -hmm that's what if i could do that every day and it's and it's bow hunting and so you know hopefully you can tell that i'm a bow hunter i'm usually you know shooting a bow every day almost every day but um i sell a lot of knives to hunters and i want to community. yeah and i want to let them know that i didn't just like make this out of my head like i actually test the stuff Mm -hmm. And so usually it's not my own knife. I usually have to get a buddy over that has bought one and, and have to use it that way. But, um, you know, we actually test these things out in the field and that's part of, you know, where Carrie, you know, sometimes she gets a little like, Hey, are you done hunting yet type thing? But it's, it's really, it's really product development and, uh, what I like, what I don't like, we just started an ambassador program, which is essentially getting, uh, complimentary knives out to um, some hunters to what? I want to be an ambassador. Oh, <laughs> when's the last time you've been hunting? But it's, it's just, it's, it's really like, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't have it figured out. Um, and when it comes to making knives, I really don't. I learn every day, but you know, it's just trial and error. And so um, it's really just going out there, testing them. What do you like? What do you don't like? Um, and you know, everybody's different. So just trying to come up and, and, and find something that's cool. Yeah. That's the biggest point. What Shay said is he's actually grew up hunting. I didn't know anyone who hunted. I grew up in the suburbs, but country boy at heart, like these are things he's actually passionate about. Again, it's not really at the end of the day about, um, Oh, how much money can I make for making this knife? That's never a word. That, that's a conversation. that doesn't even cross his lips. You know, it is just like, I've been dreaming about literally dreaming about making this folder. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> then let's make it happen. You know? So it's just this, like, I've always wanted to have like this really, you know, titanium this and whatever, like he has these ideas and this passion and will not rest until he like, it comes to fruition. And so yep, being a hunter always had a knife always, you know, to, to feel dress a deer to whatever. So it, it's this passion that like, you can't, can't, can't fake it. Teach. And can't that's the thing. It. Exactly. When, you, when right. you own a small business, you better like what you're doing <laughs> because you can't <laughs> fake it. You can only fake it for so long and you better really love what you do. And that's, that's something that's really come to fruition with me, myself personally at heart is, you know, I'll finish some of these knives and I will tell you, I will be cussing. I will be legit bleeding and <laughs> you know, I'll get a couple of these things done and look at them and I'll be like, I can't believe I just made that. And I love that. And so I love rewarding. what I do. So and so that, uh, that's really, if you don't have that, then I don't think you're going to go anywhere. 
So like, I, I'm so excited about 2021 gives me legit the chills, like the stuff that's going into my head as to what we're, I mean, we've, we've purchased tons of machinery. We've got, um, I mean, we've got a full service machine shop that we're starting and it's just, I am a little bit of a workaholic and I won't stop till I figure it out. And so really excited about where this is going. And I don't know, we're, we're just kind of like, though, we throw up our hands and be like, we'll see where this takes us. We don't know. Yep. And I want to just throw out one quick thing, um, sort of a counterpoint to Corey earlier mentioned that y'all have on your website, like, don't contact us once you say, yes, I'm going to buy. Don't contact us. We'll tell you when your knife is ready. And the counterpoint of that customer service experience is this. So I purchased a knife from you recently for Corey for Christmas and I got it. Um, it, amazing, beautiful, so amazing. And I opened that knife and I could not figure out how to close it. I couldn't, I, I mean, I couldn't, and I have, I have a knife, but I, I mean, I don't have a, I do have a Shea Butler knife, but mine's, mine's a Ranger. So it's not, it's not, um, folding. And I am legit. Like I spent like probably 10 minutes trying to figure it out and I, I couldn't. And so I texted Shay and I said, I swear I'm not stupid, but I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do it. And within three seconds of me hitting send on that text, he FaceTimed me and he walked me through how to close that knife. He's like, here you go, Julie, this is how you do it. And first off, A, I was mortified that I couldn't figure it out on my own. Can I add to that? That you should be more mortified just for our listeners because she owns a knife that has the exact same locking mechanism <laughs> as this one. <laughs> That's, that is true. That is true. I don't, I, I, I would, I, maybe I was drunk, but I don't feel like I was, I just <laughs> couldn't figure it out. Oh, and I think I was just so like, guys, I know like the majority of the people that are listening to this probably don't own a Shea Butler knife. They are the works of art. They're amazing. And it's just, so it's not that, you know, that whole, Hey, don't contact us. We'll contact you is not a reflection of bad customer service. It's a reflection of these are a process and a work of art. And there's so much that goes into creating them that we'll let you know when it's done. It becomes a function of it's yeah I hope it's not a people take it as a cold shoulder of our customer service because it is shade and I hope both of our customer service is anything but that I mean he is pretty much friends with most of the people now that have bought knives from because there's a lot of communication along the way but it more so saves us from the people that every you know three minutes are like hey is my knife done is my knife done yet is my knife done like these things take like weeks to make you know this isn't something we sit here and have an inventory of that we're just shipping out um, and a lot of them that have custom features to them, whether it's a custom Cerakote or a custom Engraving. name, yeah. they, that takes extra time. And it's not productive for us to sit there and be responding to emails, Instagram messages instead of working. Because like I said, this is a two-person business. And um, just one other way that our business is very different from other ones, we make the product ourselves. No one else makes it for us. We make it, we ship it, we market it, we pack it, we blah, blah, you know, it's just us. So hence the reason things do take some time. But um, 
it is, uh, you know, something we, we don't, we're not ready to totally give up control of our touch on the product. So and that's our biggest challenge. When you, when you talk about growth and going into 2021, um, I may have a little bit of perfectionism and like, I don't like other people to touch my stuff or my work. And so giving up the reins on that is going to be my biggest challenge as it relates to just how, know, we, grow. how we scale. And so, um, and, you know, I don't want to lose, I think I said it three times, the authenticity of, of the product and it's, you know, it's my name that's on it and how, how do I, you know, leverage help without losing that special touch. So that's what we really struggle with and we honestly try to think through and, you know, with some of these machines that we're purchasing, I'm still going to be able to do it, but it's going to give me additional efficiencies. You know, for example, we're, we have a surface grinder that's being delivered tomorrow. And, you know, that's going to help with some of the finishes versus hand sanding for hours. And so, you know, there's things like that, that over time we've been able to, uh, we've been fortunate enough to uh, make it, a, you know, money to purchase and grow like that. But that's, that's our biggest struggle is how do we scale this and still keep the authentic, genuine brand that we've, that we've created. Yeah. Because people grow, you hear stories about all the time, you know, they get, they grow, they get purchased and, you know, it kind of just goes down, you know, down the shitter. Yeah. Yep. And that's, that's the key, right. Is keeping that brand intact. So we have to start wrapping up. Um, but before we go, I, there's a couple things that, you know, housekeeping, the first one is how can we help you? Like, what is it that we can do to help you be better with your small business? Um, well, I think it's, it's word of mouth and just getting the name out there. I just don't think that um, if we had a little bit more exposure, I think we're going to be hopefully getting some more exposure with the 307 project and their, uh, their blades that we're going to be doing for them for 2021. So it's just an exposure thing and having more people and, you know, I'm not trying to create a brand. I don't know how to say this. It's almost, you know, we're trying to create an empire. Like we want this 10 years from now to, when you say, it's kind of like, you know, you got an iPhone, like it's, I want it to be, Hey, do you got a Shea Butler nine? That's what, uh, that's what I'm going for. I'm aiming, I guess, shooting for the stars, so to speak, but why not? I mean, that's, if you're really passionate about it, I think that, you know, We'll see what happens, but that—that's what I want to do—is really try to create brand awareness, and we're having a really hard time to do that, doing that with social media. So you know, podcasts and start doing other things. I guess is what um, what we're looking for. Fantastic! And tell our listeners how they can find you. You can find us on um, let's see www.shaybutlerknives.com for our knife business and at shaybutlerknives on Instagram. Then we also have singleacrehatco.com and also the same handle singleacrehatco on Instagram um, for our custom leather patch hat business. Great. Thank you so much, Shay and Carrie, for being on our podcast today. It was great having you as guests. And I'm sure that our listeners enjoyed every minute of this conversation. You can find all of the information for how to contact Shay and Carrie 
And there are two businesses in the show notes. And you can connect with us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can reach out to us on our websites, sbpace.com and bizquickpodcast.com. And while you're out there, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. Subscribe, like, download, and go ahead and leave us a review. Yes. And while you're out there, go ahead and let us know if you've got any topics, anything that you want us to cover, or if you want to be a guest on the show, uh, go on over to bizquickpodcast.com. we got a form out there. You can fill that out. And we've got a book out there that you can purchase. It's called Seriously Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It's the number one bestseller on Amazon, and we've got a digital workbook that you can download from our website. Yep. Digital download and a number one bestseller. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this is BizQuake, helping small businesses across America.